Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I am Michael Zalavari, and today we have a huge panel of people to talk to. Let's go from the top. We have Bujok. Say hi. Hi. We have Chris Washer. Say hi. Hello. We have Kiwi Chris. Say hi. Oh, wait. If I had my mic. Hi. Oh, God damn. <laughs> we, ha- we have Ollie. Say hi. Hello. Hello. And returning after a while as well, we have Solheimus or Andreas. Good to see you again, Sol. I'm back. Yay, we're back. He's, because football season's ended and painfully, he has nothing to do with his life. So he's back. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. <laughs> it's, it's been a tumultuous few months. Tonight, slash today, slash this morning, whatever, um, we are going to be revisiting uh, one of the questions from the Q&A last week. I hope you guys enjoyed the Q&A last week, because I thought it was actually really, really cool. Um, but our question that we led the show off with last week uh, was a question from Bonnie Lass, uh, 47 which is a really good question. Um, it was, what brought you into motorsport? How did your interest start? How has it evolved? And how does it interact with your day-to-day life now? So I thought, we, we briefly touched on it to lead off the show last last week and I thought it would be a really really good idea to sort of go back and expand on that question just that just that one question for for the group of us today talk about uh, all those little the roads that have brought us here at a little bit more in depth um to to where we started to where we're sitting right now so um I'm gonna I'll start with I think I, I think it's fair to start with Kiwi seeing as he's the oldest of the group and so we can go the furthest back in the timeline of motorsport so <laughs> Kiwi what was what was your first motorsport memory? Where is where has your love of motorsport started? Oh, it'd have to be when one man girl Fadio won the F one title. <laughs> wow, that far back, Jeez, you're ancient. <laughs> uh, for the record, yes, I am born in 1987, and I keep getting Harold. I am wrong. It makes me 30. I keep saying 33. Um, yeah, because yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I have vague memories of the 1996 Wellington 500, the uh, supercars uh, nine championship round they had around the Wellington streets. So, oh, um, what a yeah. weird event! Yeah, it was it was actually a really cool event. Uh, he had the V8 regulars of the time, people like Paul Radish is driving as well. Um, John Bell won the weekend. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. <laughs> Back when John Bell used to win things. Yeah. There you go. Um, have vague memories of that. Around that time is when I started watching F1 as well. So uh, I remember, I think it was 97 and 98 uh, Monaco Grand Prix. I was living at my old place before. So yeah, it would have been around that time. Getting up at two in the morning, breaking my mother's pot plant, trying to be stealthy <laughs> to watch the <laughs> to watch the Monaco Grand Prix. Wow. And I... I can't find a clip of this anywhere, but I don't know if, if I'm misremembering it, but I remember there was a, a massive track blockage at the Lowe's hairpin even the warm-up lap or lap one of the race, and it caused the red flag to be a slow one. Wow, I, weird. I can't for the life of me remember that clip. Damn. I'll find that clip. Okay. So is that your first like memory of watching motorsports then? around? Yeah, yeah. apart from in person, like yep. I mentioned last week, going to Woodford and Speedway. Oh, damn, that would have been cool. Cool. Yeah. So that would have been what, like ninety six, ninety seven. You would have been what, like nine or ten years old then. Eight years old. Eight, eight years old. Oh, damn. Okay. What were you, what were you, what was everyone else doing in nineteen ninety eight or ninety seven? Do, does anyone have any motorsport memories from that time? Chris, were you even born then? 
No, I was born in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's nasty. Uh, Neither was I. Oh, really? Oh, wait, when were you born? 1998. Oh, wow, you're young as well. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, what what were... Does anyone else have any sort of memories from that period? Because that was when my sort of thoughts of motorsport started to, to come in. No, not for yeah, me. It was, it was, it was, oh, it was a bit no. weird. Okay. Oh, we'll go Oli first because he said yes. Yeah, I, I, I kind of touched on it uh, last week before uh, dying. Yeah, back then, the, the late 90s was just a blur of sitting in front of being sat in front of the television um, by my parents and just watching uh, Formula One and probably a bit of British touring cars as well. Sweet. Yeah, I actually, funnily enough, I actually remember a fair amount of British touring cars uh, from that period as well because my introduction to to motorsport was in part due to my parents, uh, well, my dad specifically being into F1. And of course, we had the F1 just removed from Adelaide in 1995 was the last year. So my parents went to that. Um, And so my dad was a a fairly big fan because I I think he actually got corporate seats in the last year that they did it. Anyway, um, and then once we got a a personal computer, because we were one of those fancy families that had a personal computer. Yeah, all right. Running Windows 95, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> God, I can remember having an Apple Mac or Apple Macintosh computer that was older than that. I think it ran 3.0. What? Oh, ew. Oh, <laughs> oh that's Collective disgusting. Item. Yeah, you get that. You put that up on retro futurism nowadays. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to the story. Uh, and on that PC, we actually got the original Toka Touring Cars game. So that was one of my first sort of introductions to, to motorsport. So like, I think the first two tracks were unlocked and then you had to go through the career road mode to get the other tracks. I had no idea what I was doing. So I just constantly just like do laps of Donington and Silverstone. I remember those two were the, the first two tracks um, in the Volvo S40, which I've got a poster of somewhere as well, driven by Jim Richards. Um, and that was, that was like the first sort of like, oh, look, cars, car racing is a thing that I enjoy and like. And then, yeah, from there, I actually started to watch it, um, mostly starting with, with F1. Uh, was anyone else's starting point like a video game, or is that just me? I feel like that's pretty, like, for the modern age, that's almost almost normal nowadays. I think I played Need for Speed before I was into F1. <laughs> nice. <sure. laughs> Need for Speed is great. Uh, yeah, I think, for me... Toka, just hearing you talk about it, that was an amazing game for me to play when I was about the same age. I got into F. I don't. I, not kill. No more not kill ever. That stage. Just, oh, I can never beat the not kill stage. That was the worst. That was the worst. But um, but I I've owned since in every Gran Turismo game. Brilliant. Played the Jesus out of them in '97. You know the original. Brent, Run around to my mate's place who lived ten minutes around the corner from me to find his console because I couldn't get, afford one. It was great, um, and yeah, then even now, pretty much I've had racing ga- played racing games for what the better part of tw- two decades. Yeah, and then you and I for a while played racing games together online very recently uh, as yeah. well. Yeah, good, good fun, good fun stuff. Um, Bridget, I want to I want to turn to you for a second. Where where did your interest in motorsport start? Because as far as I can think. There isn't really that many major Dutch tracks, are there? So, how did you find your way into into motorsport? Yes, I have thought about it before. I 
Come on, man. I don't really know, to be honest, because my family is not into motorsport at all. And I think the earlier memories I have at watching it on TV, it's like in 2004, Formula One. Okay. was on TV. And one of the memories of that season would always uh, stay with me was when uh, Ralph Schumacher had a crash in Indianapolis. Because I think it was of a tire failure. Was, remember correctly. Was that 04 or 05? I thought the Indianapolis tire that's thing o- was 05. That's 04. Okay. And then a year yes. later, they had the big call in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All the Michelin winners didn't win. That was the year after that. And 05 was the first uh, full season of F1 I watched. So that's when I really started watching it. And all the series on TV. Cool. It was really difficult to follow at the time. Because we only had a satellite, satellite television at the time. and. Yep. I didn't have a lot of channels, so I couldn't watch a lot of racing, and the internet was basically non-existent. Yeah, non-existent back then. Cool. So, I feel like F1 is a common starting point for a lot of people's motorsport journey, Um, possibly because it's just the most proliferated motorsport worldwide. Uh, I mean... You know, if you're if you're lucky enough to come across motorsport anywhere in the world, chances are it would be F1, right? So, exactly. yeah. So, did anyone like not watch F1 growing up? Um, I didn't. Well, F1 wasn't the first thing to start off. Really. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is this is interesting. Okay. So, for the American in the room, what is your journey into motorsport like? <laughs> Especially as like one of the youngest people in this in this in this room. So, I think it started back off in 2005. I remember going to a demo derby that my mom's boyfriend was a part of um, and watching that. And also, I think I also went to a local short track race that's in my grandma's um, called the Adventure Mountain Speedway. You know, hottie stocks, modifieds, four cylinders. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a Daytona game. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you were raised on obscure racing <laughs> that, uh, honestly yeah. <laughs> yeah what you're saying so far is just like the most like wisconsin thing i've ever heard the oh this is upper peninsula michigan oh wow okay damn yeah, it's still, so, still freaking then, northeast <laughs> and then i think at that All same Midwest. year i remember tuning into a couple nascar races but i don't know much of anything about them I think I turned them on. I was like, this looks interesting. And kind of kept them on for a bit. But 2006, that's when it kicked off. Um, because I remember, ironically enough, I was a big WWE fan. And I was like, <laughs> hey, mom, when is the WWE pay-per-view? It's like, oh, it's after this NASCAR race. I was like, damn it. Oh, man. But ironically enough, I actually, like, I remember the, the uh, Jeff Gordon crash from that race. Oh, um, so is that the the famous Jeff Gordon crash which made everyone watch NASCAR or is that a different one? I think so. It was a very hard hit. I think at Pocono turn one. But I think the first race I remember watching from start to finish was the 2006 Pepsi 400 when Tony Stewart won it. The only reason I remember it is because we had like tornado warnings all across the state of Wisconsin when I was living at the time. And I was like, I don't care. Let me watch the NASCAR race. <laughs> <laughs> but then like, it pretty much evolved from there. I remember 2006, I remember watching, you know, Champ Car Montreal when it was, like, really, oh, really wow. wet and rainy. Um, and, like, any, like, IRL stuff. Yeah, because... Grand Am. But are... 2007 was really kickstarted off because I remember watching the Rolex 24. 
yeah like, nice they're at Daytona okay. but why yeah. aren't they using the whole the, the, you know, the super speedway why well, aren't they going left you're skipping <laughs> ahead I want to I want to I want to draw draw lines to get to where we are now but you're skipping ahead so stop doing that that's cool it's actually interesting <laughs> that you mentioned Champ Car and IndyCar because we got exposed to that in Australia which I'll talk a bit more um, about later on so like so far we've got like people started watching like F1 and uh, I, I guess Kiwi supercars would be a big thing for you and me as well Oh yep. god, yeah. My um, dad, my stepdad was supercars mad. <laughs> nice. Um. So where did where did it start for you? Where where did it where did it start in what well, where whereabouts Croatia? Growing up in growing yeah, up in Croatia? Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. So in Croatia, motorsport basically isn't a thing. Like it's just not something people do. Something people watch, and especially when I was a kid, like five or six years old, that was you know the tail end of the Schumacher Schumacher years. So. Basically, everyone just gave up on it. Like it wasn't free to air terrible television. It was on. It was in the national television. It was you know taxpayer money paid for F one to be on our screens. Good choice. But everyone just everyone just sort of started start, sort of started to give up on it because it was just you know Schumacher was constantly winning, and everyone was bored <laughs> bored of it. But I remember being like I was as, as a child. I was always you know very into numbers, very into you know sort of that sort of thing. And I remember being out of my first year of primary school when I was seven years old. It was, I think, the first weekend or the second weekend after the school year had ended. And I was at my grandmother's and there was this thing on television which had very fast, very loud cars moving around. And if you reference the dates, you you might have noticed there were only six cars on the track. Yes, my very first memory of motorsport is the 2005 United States Grand Prix. Oh, no. <laughs> well, there you go. There's, there's the starting point. F1 again. What a, what, a, what a weird F1 race to start on. Yes. And, it, like, it, what, what didn't strike me was, you know, it's boring, but it was, this is something special happening. I should keep track of this. Yeah, we're watching history. We've got someone. We got Rex in the chat, uh, just saying same, uh, same as Sol. So that's that's a weird, weird starting point. Okay, yeah, because that was what Ferrari, Minardi, and Jordan were the only teams yes. that ended yes. up doing that race. Yeah, including the now famous Paul Stoddart interview. Ah, oh, yes, good times. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, I that, that, was, that was something that I completely missed because, of course. Uh, America and Australia's time zone difference is just super, super obnoxious. So, like, I would have been, like, 10, and there was no way I was waking up at 3 in the morning to watch an F1 race. I think, I'm pretty sure my mom and dad would have killed me. So I completely missed that. So I only caught up on it, like, later on when I, when I saw it on the news a few days later. So, wow, what a weird way to start. Um, Ollie, you described to us a bit of a different starting point. Not maybe not quite uh maybe not quite so different as F one but I you were telling a great story last week before before your internet died um yeah tell us tell us about how you got started watching motorsports yeah so it, I guess it's starting to watch against your will being put uh, in front of a television as a little kid um you you just kind of get used to it and you 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 you're it's everywhere you look kind of thing in the UK. There are so many tracks, there are so many events uh, over the year um, based in the UK that you're kind of spoiled for choice, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, so my 
parents aren't too much into motorsport. My dad will watch Formula One. He did a lap for like, you know, you can do a kind of um, single seater maybe with with an instructor so they convert it into a two-seater yeah yeah i think he did like a a lap of brands hatch like a few laps of brands hatch or something in that so he's done things like that i think he visited indianapolis seeing family in america or something like that so he's 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 done bits and bobs but it isn't like a an addiction like we have sort of thing um you could say that's and, a great uh, way of putting it an addiction i like it yeah and and so I think there were there were events that we went to as a kid, but not too many. Like it wasn't that we would always go to the local or the nearest uh, British Touring Cars event. I would just watch it on TV because it was free to air at the time. Oh, well, British Touring Cars still is, but uh, Formula One unfortunately isn't. And so I went to, I can't remember what it was called, but I think it's a, some sort of Renault festival. And so you had Clio Cups, Megan Trophies, um, Formula Renault. Oh, wow. Um, so there were drivers at the time that probably made it up to Formula One um, and top endurance drives. Um, but I just didn't didn't recognize it and I didn't know. So that was up in Donington Park. And I've ever since had quite a connection to it being at university, only a very short bike ride away so um i could go to all the events i could go to damn uh, the historic the british touring cars the brit car so i've got quite a connection with that that track damn imagine going um, to university like just down the road from a racetrack like that would be sick it was <laughs> i'm jealous and just just a quick sidebar just a quick sidebar ollie just uh, kiwi would know this as well um there's actually in in bathurst just literally 100 meters away from the entrance of Mount Panorama, there is, uh, I think it's, well, what university is it? It's, uh, um, god damn it. The, uh, is it Charles Darwin University? Could be, yes. Yeah, there's just a university. There's like Charles Sturt. Charles Sturt, there you go. It's a university that's like right there. And I'm like, man, I wish I'd done a university degree at that university. <laughs> yeah, and they've got yeah, Rody in the chat saying there's a TAFE there as well. What else is there to do? Yeah, just, I mean, Bathurst isn't actually that small a town. It's like one of Australia's like largest inland centres, to be honest. So it's, it's, it's not dead. And the, I mean, Fair this enough. is a racetrack. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted your story. Go on. But yeah, and, and something I touched on last week before um, being sent to the shadow realm, um, I had uh, a few times also going to Goodwood and, um, I've only been to, well, only, uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to the Festival of Speed. That was in 2012. Um, but I think I've been three times to the Revival. Um, I was more into that sort of thing uh, than the Festival of Speed. And um, part of it was just a connection with historics and beautiful old cars and um sometimes it was because i just liked drawing them um and sketching and um doing lots of art as a kid um and yeah absolutely adored it um but the the historics was my sort of gateway was fortunate again lucky enough to be working in as a summer job kind of thing um in a shop that restored and maintained cars that 
kind of went into these events. Oh, that's cool. Um, but then the Festival of Speed in 2012 was the first connection face to face that I had with sports cars, okay. as it were, because you have the the showcase of all of the um, current and past cars, yep. and then they have the, the the procession of the car that won Le Mans the week yeah. before, kind of thing. Cool. Okay, I want to take us back. We're we're all jumping too far ahead. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I think that your point about like the, the historics and the events that you got to see is a really great point to pivot onto a, a, an actual question I wanted to ask people. What was the first event you guys actually went to in person? Have you guys been to an event in person yet? We'll go from Bajok because he seems eager to talk. <laughs> yeah, I think the first one, I don't accept the which way around which was first. That was other season opener of A1 GP at uh, Zandvoort. A1 GP. The last season they had, which was cancelled in the end. Or the Masters of Formula 3 at Zoller, because they couldn't race at Zandvoort that year. Okay, nice. So, because uh, uh, Zolder and Zandvoort are both... Wait, no. Zandvoort is Dutch. Isn't Zolder Belgium? Belgium. Yeah. Okay. So, were they were they both close by to where you were? Everything is close by in Europe. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I mean, I drove yeah. thirteen hours to a race once. <laughs> For me personally, at that, at that age, because everything is so close by in the Netherlands, it felt far away. Yeah. But now you got older and you travel more. It's like this, basically nothing. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, A one GP. Wow. What even what even was A one GP? It was like a a spec Ferrari single seater, right? And then everyone just it was like the they called it the World Cup of Motorsports or something like that. I think they used the car in another seasons later. Ew. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what oh, it's called. I remember, fun fact, I remember watching the A1 GP race and they found my report card and it was like, you're grounded, you're not watching this anymore. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what a punishment. <laughs> I was literally watching A1 GP because it was like, you know, middle of winter and they found my report card stashed under my, you know, backpack, whatever. It's like, what's this? Your grades are terrible. They shut off the TV. <laughs> wow, that's a that's an oof. That would be like if if uh, if I started like the school year and got in trouble with the teacher, my parents would threaten to not let me go to Clipsal, which was the Adelaide Five Hundred, the V Eights. That would that would get me straight straight into line straight away. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My that would be that would be my first event. The the Adelaide Five Hundred, Clipsal Five Hundred. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think the first year I went was the 2004 season. I seem to remember Ambrose winning, which speaks to 2004. Um, cause my dad was a Ford fan. And so he was, uh, he was always going for Ambrose and uh, by proxy, I was like, well, I guess I go for Ambrose now as well. So yeah, that was, that would have been my first event in like Oh four. Um, but yeah, the thing is, the thing around Adelaide is there's like one half decent racetrack at Malala. And then the only real big event we had was the, uh, the Adelaide 500. We didn't really have all that many other events around South Australia. Um, so it was really hard to keep a, a big motorsport interest alive for me in terms of like actually going to the event. But the first time I went, it was just like, whoa, this is unbelievable. Um, can I ask a side question here? Sure. Like, uh, you mentioned that there weren't many uh, events around Adelaide. Do you see that changing in the near 
in the near future with the Ben Motorsport. Oh, yeah, it already has changed. Like, there's so much more motorsport stuff happening in Adelaide now. It's ridiculous. Um, In saying that, though, this is a discussion I wanted to save till later, but I guess seeing as you prompted it now, um, the interesting thing um, is that a lot of people I've talked to in motorsport industry um, have, uh, Australians specifically, from Adelaide, have said that the moto like the formula one being in adelaide is what prompted them to start getting into motorsport because it kind of encapsulates the whole town it's like you know the entire east end of the town is now a motorsport track so you kind of can't avoid it and that's sort of how people got into it like i was even talking to my mom today and she said yeah we went because it was in town and like what else were we gonna do it was blocking up half the town um so yeah it's, it's interesting to see how that has had a run-on effect further on in you know years gone by um, who haven't we heard from in a little while? Chris, what was your first motorsport event? Which Chris? Both Chris's at the same time. Go. Um, <laughs> um well, well, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> um, I love well, that you both said exactly <laughs> the same things. Uh, we'll go well, Chris. I'll, I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah, Chris Washer. I think the first event I went to, because I went to a bunch of little, little short track races and stuff like that, a bunch of small little short tracks. The first real event I went to uh, it was live on pay-per-view. It was the 2014 Sl- Slinger Nationals. The, the what? It was a super. It was a super late model short track race. It was a one of the biggest super late model races in the country. It had NASCAR star Matt Kenseth. Uh, I had VIP seats for that race because my aunt was oh, a bartender and she knew the uh, Miller Lite dude. And the race was sponsored by Miller Lite. Jesus. <laughs> so, wow. Like, okay. Um, so I remember watching that. I remember seeing like Matt Kenseth like in person because his son was also there racing. I got an autograph from Matt Kenseth that night. Um, and I also that same year, I also went to the IndyCar race at the Milwaukee Mile. Oh, cool! How nice. <laughs> yeah, I remember Will Power leading like every single lap. I vividly remember like remembering that the Indy Lights race was a better race than the <laughs> IndyCar race. <laughs> As is so is often the, the case with support. I, I, I was about to make the same point. Isn't it always the case that yeah. the sport races are better than main? <laughs> well, in some cases, some some main races we've seen have been absolutely nuts. Um, what about you, Kiwi? What was your first race? I think you mentioned besides, like you mentioned the Wellington Street race. Yeah, uh, that I watched. Yeah, the yeah. first one I attended in person. Okay, so the first race I actually attended in person. Uh, never because I never actually attended a race as a kid in New Zealand. I couldn't convince my family to do that so my first race was actually the 2006 Bathurst 1000 oh wow really sorry wow. sorry 2008 sorry 2008, 2008. Yeah, yeah wow that must have been for a first time event that must have been off the chain <laughs> yes I wasn't brave enough to go up to the top of the mountain as a young 19 year old yeah whatever it was so I um so I decided okay I'll get a grandstand ticket for the four days stayed in town of Back Heath, which is about an hour and a half drive to the circuit each day. So it's getting 4 a.m. starts for each of the four days of action. Yeah, quality. Quality. It's just an awesome weekend. And then second race I attended was actually with you. Oh, really? Was that that long between drinks for you? God damn. Yeah. Okay. yeah well, in that time, I spent three years living in remote Queensland. So I'm oh, dressing well, up there. I mean, that's that's your own fault. Didn't you go to Townsville, though? Didn't you go to the Townsville V8s? Oh, yes. While I was up there, of course. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. I remember yeah. you not having a very stellar review of it either, but I remember you telling me that. <laughs> no, uh, they're very backwards up there at town. Oof. <laughs> Almost as much as Adelaide. Hey, 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 none of that. That's not fair. 
I can uninvite you from this podcast, you know. <laughs> um, oh, uninvite myself. Okay, goodbye. But yeah, 2008, that was what? Was that Scaife and Lounge? No, no, that was the last of the three, Pete, wasn't it? Um, it was the last of the three. Uh, the weekend marred by two significant accidents. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, was that and- the Porter weekend? No, that wasn't Porter weekend, okay. thankfully. No, that was the weekend of Radisage's career ending. Oh, yeah. Damn. And Andrew Thompson, Paul Wheel, and the Team Kiwi car at the at, out of out of the at Murray's Corner. Oh, not Murray's Corner at McPhillamy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, basically, uh, for those who haven't heard of these incidents, before the bridge um, into Murray's Corner on like on the exit of the chase, there used to be a sand pit on the left, a uh, driver's left. So before the bridge that goes over the circuit. And as Radicic was coming over the top of the little crest that's on the exit of the chase, I think he got tagged and he actually went off and hit the tire barrier, which was ahead of the bridge. And I think it didn't break both his ankles or something like that. It was that's a- that's the other Paul Radicic incident. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, was this the one this on the top the- of the mountain where he missed the, the tire barriers and hit the concrete? Had- oh god. Yeah, we had no brakes. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was that was scary. So yeah, that was a, that was a bad one. And then the Thompson uh, Paul Wheel one was basically the same as the race ending crash of the 2016-12. Both instances. I've never I've never heard crowds collectively hold their breath before, but, but for both those instances, yeah, damn, it's madness. Damn. And the weekend also featured probably the best mini challenge race I've ever seen. <laughs> I remember the mini challenge. <laughs> Did you guys get the mini challenge? Did that get like any traction anywhere else in the world? Uh, no, it wasn't even televised here. Not much traction. No, uh, there was Mini Cooper Works. Um, I think they they were like a support package for uh, BTCC, maybe. Okay, so uh, yeah, because was it like, yeah, the John Cooper Works built into a single mate race, race series? Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, that was, that was what we had as well, yeah. So it, it became a bit of a thing. It, it became, I think, like the modern analogue in Australia is like the Toyota 86 series. You know, like this is a car that's built for, you know, pretending people are sporty. Let's make a race series out of it, seeing as they're popular. Yeah, so... The thing was, with minis is that they're front-wheel drive, aren't they? I mean, that doesn't really make that yeah. much of a difference. But when you've got cars coming onto the last lap four wide through Murray, corner it doesn't matter what they are yeah that's a good point <laughs> another good thing is the trail braking going into tight corners because the little tiny little hatchbacks and they like to lift a inside yeah, cock, wheel cock that inside wheel <laughs> yeah the minis like down the mountain were just ridiculous weren't they like you, you know how they get three wheels sometimes in the chase uh not in the chase uh, through the dipper like because it drops so aggressively mm-hmm. you can sometimes get pictures of like gt3 cars with three wheels Imagine, oh, yeah. imagine that, but it's tipped forward, so it's the, actually the rear wheels that's off the ground going through the dipper, <laughs> basically roll down the hill Amazing. at that point. Yeah, absolutely insane stuff. Uh, let's not forget, a mini has one up the, the big enduro. Yeah, back in, what was it? Was it 67? I, I think it was. I'll, I'll fact check that while I do that. Ollie, what was your first event? I think it must have been the the Renault um, the Renault day. I think I think we got free tickets for it because it wasn't the closest track by a fair way. Because yeah, we would have easily gone to Brands Hatch or Silverstone instead. But um, Donington is you know a fair way up country kind of thing in the yeah. Midlands. So um, I, yeah, I think 
that was a, a I don't know how we got them maybe won them in a competition but oh, I must have been about 10 nice so yeah, for a lot of us, it's all starting about that sort of age where we were about like ten or yeah that that sort of area. Because like for me, it was I would have been oh four about eight I think. So if you were about ten, Kiwi, you said your first oh well your first event would have been when you were in your twenties because of the the whole changing countries thing. Sorry. Yeah, what about you, Sol? I was about to I was about to pose that to you. What, what about you? My the first the first and so far only events I've been to because I live where there is no motorsport was the 2008 Hungarian Grand Prix. Oh, nice. Um, was that... Which one was that one? Was that when... Was that Button who won that one? No, that no, that was no, Kovalainen. Oh, was that Kovalainen? Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's he won a race. race Felipe with. Massa... When Felipe that one, yes. Like three laps ago or something? Three laps ago, and I was in the turn 14 grandstand. I, like, that happened right before me. Nice. <laughs> That's a pretty cool, pretty cool starting point to, to watch a race. How did you end up there? Uh, my father stretched for a birthday gift. Oh, what a cute, what a cutie! Good on him. Yeah, that that was that was it, and it was. I distinctly remember, like the, the visceral experience of, of those V eight engines. Like they were just loud. Mm. And what also struck me was how much the breadth of their sound didn't carry through carry through the camera and through the microphones. Like the they sound 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 kind of weary and tinny through the cameras, but in person they were just immensely loud. But I also remember the Porsche Super Cup just being super fun. <laughs> Porsche Super Cup is super fun. I this this will be backtracking a little bit. My part of my interest in motorsports actually comes through the Need for Speed Porsche game. Um, ah. yeah, the, it was like Porsche Unleashed or something like that. It was released in like 1999 or something. And I played the absolute living bollocks out of that game. And so I was just obsessed with Porsches from that point on. I, I mean, I was obsessed with Porsches before that as well, but be- also after that. So whenever any Porsche race was on, I was like, oh yes, Porsches. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, we got, we got a lot of, uh, fact checking us in the, in the, in the chat as well. So yeah, that was the one. Um, good, good stuff. Good times. I, uh, again, just video games, man. Video games just turned my life into a motorsport dream. Um, the next question I wanted to ask everyone, uh, is when you were watching these series, who were your favorite drivers? Like, uh, I, I know for me, like Marcus Ambrose was my V8 driver, but I was obsessed with Michael Schumacher growing up. Like I was watching, we would watch the Ferraris uh, every single time because I was a big Ferrari fan because his name was Michael and he was winning and that was like the best. And I legitimately, I legitimately thought for a long time that the German national anthem and the Italian national anthem were one song. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize that Wait, they were separate not? entities because I'd only ever heard them in the context of Schumacher winning, and so it's just like uh, you just go from the the German one to the Italian one, and that's 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 the song. That's the the Schumacher wins song. <laughs> I think actually that's a common sentiment on RF one. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. And in fact, when Vettel won his first race for Ferrari in Malaysia, I got the biggest hit of nostalgia listening to those two songs back to back. It was just like, this this feels like home. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what about you guys? Uh, uh, who, who were the ones that you were supporting in your respective series growing up? So, yeah, we'll go, we'll go backwards this time because let's do something different. 
Yeah, right. So first race I ever remember was 2005. And so 2006, 2007, I, I sort of grew, grew more and more interested. I, I distinctly remember waking up for the 2006 Japanese Grand Prix with Schumacher blew his engine and won the championship with it. So yeah. sort of the natural ans- answer was Fernando Alonso. Oh, I just missed fan. his best years. Yeah, it's a, oh, well, I mean, well, his, I missed his championship years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think I got the best out of his driving years. Yeah, like two thousand twelve to two thousand fourteen, Alonso was something else. Mm. See, I hate Alonso. <laughs> At that period, I hated Alonso because he was stopping stopping Ferrari from winning. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? I and know. then he went to Ferrari. Yeah, and what a great success that was. Mm, let's let's not talk yeah. about that. Uh <laughs> What about you, Ollie? What about in your in your motorsport era, or like pre twenty tens, twenty twelves? What was your who were your main drivers? I didn't really have like a favorite. Um, I I just I'm I'm still in it in it for the cars, to be honest. Okay. Um, rather than the drivers, but there there were some memories that this is kind of starting to bring back in that I had like a um a little tiny die cast kind of toy probably came in like a happy meal or something you know and uh it had the it was probably fake um it was kind of the the uh west livery mclaren oh yeah but it nice. had, um yeah. mica on the back instead of west to get around the the rules yep <laughs> um and i remember playing with that and Hakkinen was yeah that was maybe one of my first ones that I kind of recognized because I had the car toy yeah um who else in touring cars Tiff Needell because he was on TV with the fifth gear show um which is kind of a rival to Top Gear um it mustn't and... have been very good because I've never heard of it really it's not, it's uh, not good well it depends it 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 it, it was good and bad and in waves um <laughs> and and also uh tiff did um he did a few historics kind of things as oh well. cool so i recognized him whenever i went to the revival sort of thing so he would do quite a few uh fun fun little races and it was kind of not like a celebrity but it was a name that was that was put in but yeah going back to formula one you have the montoya williams the Raikkonen, and mclaren years yeah. and things like that that was that was pretty that was yeah. some great F1 years, just in just as an aside, like the 2003 to 2006 sort of era, maybe not for the best racing, but definitely some of the best drivers uh, and quality across the top end of the field that we'd seen in a long time. You know, you think of like Ferrari, the strong Williams, the strong McLaren, the upcoming Renault team as well. It was just some pretty, pretty nut stuff. I think you could just extend that all the way to like 2003 to 2013, something like that. Oh, yeah, before... Oh, I don't know. I'd say even to like 2009, because once 2009 happened, it was such a distinct shift in regulations that it was like the whole, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing, you know, because Braun won and Braun was Honda, except Honda were meant to be terrible and they got out of F1, but they had this F1 car that was bought by Braun for a dollar and that was winning races. That was like everyone, it, it turned up to Melbourne with no sponsors and they they won. What a story. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a madhouse. Um, yeah, sorry, Ollie. <laughs> sorry to completely interrupt. 
Nah, I think I'm done. Perfect. Uh, what about what about you, Kiwi? I'm gonna guess you're gonna. If you say Greg Murphy, I'm just gonna move straight on. I'm not gonna say Greg Murphy. Good. I'm sorry. No, I, Greg no, Murphy's alright. But having said that, I grew up in an era where Ford and Holden was still a thing yep. in supercars, and was incredibly patriotic. Obviously, being a Kiwi in Australia and growing up with in New Zealand with TV ads such as "Do you want to watch?" 32 Aussies chase a rat up a hill to promote. <laughs> so poor Reddit is promoting TV3's coverage of the Bathurst 1000. Oh, get out. <laughs> so the poor Reddit was definitely my number one. I did have a soft spot for Murphy, but he was filthy Holden. Filthy Holden. Jason Richards I had, I was a big fan of. Yeah. Um, yes, he was driving a Holden. Yes, that was a tragic story. Yeah, just give us a brief like TLDR on the Jason Richards story for those who might not have heard the name. Have you guys heard of Jason Richards at all? Anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the race at Pukekohe is the Jason Richards Trophy, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So TLDR, us, Kiwi. TLDR, pretty pretty promising junior career. Stepped up to supercars, podium at a couple of Bathursts. One of those was with Jamie. Winkler. Um, Jamie Woodcup, yeah. uh, and one with Murphy and one with McConville, so three seconds. He developed a pretty aggressive form of cancer. He won He won a race in the Super 2 category at Adelaide, which turned out to be his last race, and he passed away later in 2012. Yeah, real sad story. It was <sighs> one of the like brightest lights in the, the V8's pit lane, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think it's a it's a fitting tribute that they have named the the New Zealand round the the Jason Richards Memorial Trophy because mm-hmm. actually is- and actually finished third or second I think in the not in the support race for the main game at Albert Park while undergoing cancer treatment. Damn, that's yeah. I rem- I remember that vividly actually. Yeah. It was yeah gone too soon. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Screw cancer. Yeah. But, right. Um, but the other thing, other team, because remember, around 2000, I had a Kiwi team. <laughs> <laughs> they were the, the worst. They weren't. Okay, they were pretty bad. <laughs> but they had, you know, they had some pretty good drivers in there, like Jason Richards drove for them, Angus Fogg drove for them. Who? Um, Kiwi Obviously. racer who's still going around. Uh, they had yeah, ended up with about... Yeah, races 15, in Central Muscle Coast. Yeah. Um, they had people like uh, Shane Van Gizzi started there. Steve Owen drove there. Chris Pitha started there. Um, even Fabian Cuthard started there. So, oh, you bloody New Zealanders! You ruin everything that's good. No, and, that's they had, and, they, and they had one Bahraini drive for them for one. Was that the race that they did at Bahrain? <laughs> yeah, he finished way off the pace. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> Classic. Nice. Good mix of... Oh, it's just... Okay, we'll just keep the Kiwi in the Kiwi corner over there. And let me guess. So we're going to talk to... Hey, the, oh, uh, we'll, and we'll talk to Chris. And I'm going to guess it's just going to be a list of American drivers. So I'm guessing, you know, like, Scott Speed. Uh, who else? Who else was American and notable overseas? Anyone? Uh, well, my, well my, my main drivers were NASCAR, because that's what yeah. I mostly watched. Um, I remember... When I was getting into it, I asked my mom, I was like, hey, what's your favorite NASCAR driver? And she's like, oh, yeah, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. has always been my number one. Um, then I saw a, a broadcast on a graphics, like, Matt Kenseth, he's from Wisconsin. I was like, hey, I live in Wisconsin. So those two are my favorites, and I've been cheering them on ever since. I haven't really, I think it was like, two, that wasn't, was it like 2007? 
or I can't remember which year Scott Speed was in F1, but I did remember seeing like a Formula One race where yeah. I saw, hey, look, Scott Speed, and that's a USA flag. I was like, yeah, go, go him. So <laughs> I guess like internationally, Scott mm. Speed, when I didn't know any better. Nice. Sweet. So yeah, real, real cool mix. What about you, Bruchok? I I'm guessing it's just going to be all Dutch drivers. No, it's not actually. I did Formula One. I would full time start watching in '05. Said earlier, and at the start, I don't really. I had a driver that's like my driver. Mm. Even though we had Christian Alderson Formula One, he was why Formulaari. So, did he Robin also goes, drive yeah. for Spiker when Spiker was a yeah. thing? Yeah, he was the one who uh, took the fuel holes uh, with him uh, <laughs> at Manjikur. Oh no! Uh, if I remember correctly, some people later say it might have done on purpose from Spiker's end to get him gone so they could hire a driver with money. Wow. Okay. Who, I've heard that story. But it was Schumacher, actually, which I became a fan of. And it was especially after Imola in 2005. Because in that in that race, I think he started in 13 or something. And he charges through the fields. And in the end, it was really close with Alonso, like for lap after lap. And even though there wasn't an overtake, just the tension of yeah. possibly being an overtake, was it was just an awesome watch. Nice. And... I remember that, and I remember it felt like the fly was so on the on the edge. While Schumacher was driving it, which just made me a fan of him. Sweet Formula One, yeah. So that I, was. Uh, I think Schumacher would be a lot of people's favorite driver because I know, like nowadays, I don't really have a favorite driver. I kind of follow teams and at the uh, follow teams at a surface level, but really, I kind of just follow the sport. But you know, for me growing up, it was I was a one eyed Ferrari Schumacher driver. In fact, I tell people this all the time I've got a Ferrari poster of the F2001, like literally just above me right now. So it's amazing, like, how many people he's like, how many people he would affected because, like. Just this is me, just like sort of spitballing here. In that time of like F one popularity in the early two thousands, everyone would have just seen Schumacher. He basically became a household name, even in like beyond motorsports. So yeah, I think it's just interesting how many people have said Schumacher is one of their their favorite drivers. I mean, it's an idiom here. You drive like Schumacher. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, that's I cool. I think I've heard it here too. Like, who, who do you think you are, Michael Schumacher? Yeah, it's the same here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's brilliant. I love that. Because here here would be like, who do you think you are, Peter Brock? Or who do you think you are, Craig Lowndes or Jamie Winkoff, etc., etc. Because I think yeah. V8s is bigger here probably than F1 is. Makes sense. Mm. Since you don't have to get up and yeah, skip it's the like, block. Yeah, it's shit. like America when NASCAR is bigger than F1. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wonder, I wonder actually, like, if that means that F1 is more Eurocentric, I mean, you know, at the moment it's probably trying to be more Asian centric. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked, which is kind of the point. <laughs> Where was I going with this? At some point, for all of you, you must have gotten into sports cars because we're here on an endurance sports car podcast. So I want to I want to know from you guys where where did that interest in sports cars come from? Did you did it was there like a tipping point or was there an event that you saw or what made that? Uh, first interest in sports cars become a thing 
Oh, sorry. Sorry, Bridget. I'll go, I'll go Ollie first. We're just going to mix it up. Okay, so for me, um, it kind of goes back to my previous chat about the Goodwood Festival of Speed. So my background was with the kind of historics yeah. and have seen racing and at um, static shows, historic entrance to sports cars, you know, the, the classic uh, 250 GTOs and things like that. Uh, really beautiful, beautiful cars. And being at the Festival of Speed where you kind of have these batches of cars or the you have like a batch of sports cars kind of thing and it does them in chronological order and you would have the really old cars from the 60s and then it would go like a flip book year by year car by car going up through the ages until they had that year's Le Mans winning car and it was kind of a a fast forward through what I was into at the time to the present and it kind of gave me a crash course in the history to get me up to date pretty quick uh, into the cars of the day and uh, so that was they had I remember they had the uh, Audi Quattro um, R15 yes and then uh, or uh, yeah I think it was the R15 plus plus which was the winner in 2011 I always the first R18 it was was the first R18 and then they had also the R18 e-tron Quattro so they had the yeah. two side by side and that was pretty cool to kind of see, oh, okay, what is this all about? Mm. Um, yeah, it was quite cool to see like the 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 first of the breed kind of thing cool. for the, for the, well, the, there was the Pescarolo before, but you know. In, in terms of closed top uh, modern sports well, cars? Well, I think they had, I think there was a Pescarolo hybrid, but regardless, it was the first of the proper... Um, era uh, yeah hybrid, hybrid race winners basically yeah so yeah. so were you watching Le Mans at that point or is that something that you hadn't encountered yet so I think my first um other than knowing a, a hearing of it through the historics it kind of didn't really have a its place at the top sort of thing when I was reading results of historic cars it, they would say oh this car won Sebring this car won yeah. Daytona this car won Le Mans it didn't I didn't have that sort of connection I've forgotten the question. Uh, were you, <laughs> had you been watching Le Mans at that point? Ah, uh, yes. So um, then it comes down to a video game that uh, I think I've told this story once before, but it was a, a video game. I think it must have been Shell because Shell sponsored Audi um, yeah, okay. in the mid thousands. And it was loosely based on the Le Mans circuit, but I think obviously they couldn't get it. And it was just like a, a Java game where you had to use your fuel to reach another carton of from shell kind of thing and and it was it was just a super basic game for a little kid but it it got me looking at these cars it was it, that was an r12 that must have been or, or no sorry an r8 an r8 or an r12 um and uh, uh does the r12 is the r12 r10. even a thing yeah i think it went r8 r10 r15 r10 yes yeah. r10 um Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I just played that a lot. And, and then there was a an onboard uh, stream that Audi put publicly um, just at Le Mans. And I remember it was Father's Day and I was just just watching the onboard yeah. of the car uh, with my dad, just watching it pass all these cars super quick. 
yeah, I didn't, never really had a proper connection until 2015. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Cool. Okay. So it kind of it, it kind of happened around you without you sort of realizing that you were getting drawn in. Yeah, it was a slow burn. Cool. Oh, nice. That's yeah, interesting. I'll I'll come back to that. Um, who wants to go next? Who who else had a slow burn sort of experience? Myself. I think that will be me. Okay. Well, we'll go we'll go Bajok and then we'll go Sol. Because I think at the first one I watched a bit of it was 2006. Because I remember them saying it was the thing, I think it was 2006. Because I remember them saying it was the first time Audi turned up with a diesel powered car. Yeah, okay. Still, rem- still remember that. And that's how I started, wa- I started watching that, that race because I wanted to watch some. Racing, I think I was at my grandparents' place and had nothing to do, so I was on search for something to watch. And after that, I didn't really know what the race was. I know it was called the Mon, but I didn't have the channel at home, so I didn't yeah. always watch and look it up. So after that, always when I found uh, Le Mans television, I watched it. Yeah. The problem was Eurosport always uh, broadcasted Eurosport One. Eurosport 2. Yeah, okay. But on my place, we had only had Eurosport 1. And we had Eurosport 2, but it was only the German one. <laughs> and they weren't always broadcasting at the, at the same time, so it didn't always overlap. So I never could watch all of it. So that made me lose interest a little bit in, in between. I watched a bit of the Peugeot Audi years, but not all of it. I still remember... 2011, because those crashes were just... Yeah, insane, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like at the start, and... Uh, after after that, I think... For 13 or 14, I just turned up a little bit, but not really. But in 14, I started to more get into it, because... However, that Formula 1... Yeah, okay. And, and joined Le Mans, and it was like... It must be really be something if... Like, Formula 1 drive wants yeah. to drive there. I yeah. think it was something like that. Cool. So, I watched the... The last race of the season complete, I think it was Sao Paulo. It was Sao Paulo, yeah, where we had, had that big crash. crash. Yeah. And then I decided to, uh, to start, try to start to watch 2015 full time. Cool. And I've never left. Awesome. And That's actually. Ex- inside the season after. Yeah. And, and then it just snowballs from there, right? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. It's actually interesting um, how similar my kind of interest in in Le Mans, well, in WEC and in sports cars in general came from Weber porting over not necessarily because of Weber but because of Porsche but I'll talk about that later on so you were saying that you also had a sort of a slow burn experience into watching sports cars yeah so I knew Le Mans was a thing I knew this 24-hour race that happened in France was a thing but I never watched it because A, we never had Eurosport and B, uh, is, like F1 was on TV. That was what you could watch. That was what I was interested in. That was what I was in the know with. So I, I, I sort of kept Le Mans in the back of my head. And in 2013, I believe it was, I had like the school year was over and I had time in the evening. So I put Le Mans on and... Uh, I put it on for the start, and guess what happened on the first lap? Yeah, the Simonson crash, yeah. Exactly. As you can tell, every time I'm introduced to to a discipline of motorsport, something very bad happens. So I I sort of watched the race in and out, 
Tom Christensen, what was it? Tom Christensen, what in the end? Yeah, probably. And yeah, he did. I I, I just couldn't remember whether his last name was Christensen. <laughs> in before band. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, it's okay. Chris didn't remember Michael Christensen, who apparently uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who Michael Christensen is. Chris, can you remind me who Michael Christensen is? Remember, Nurburgring. I, I just still don't know. <laughs> uh, really? Anyway, sorry. So I'll continue. Yeah. So I sort of and then I found out that Mark Webber, who was a Formula One driver, yep. sort of was moving over, and since F1 was was leaving. Uh, was leading free to air television after the 2013 season. I figured, you know, what, I'm, I'm I'm going to start getting into sports cars. And since, since I had just made a Reddit account, I also went on. There was R slash Formula One, so I tried. You know, what, let's type in R slash WEC. And yeah, and there we go. And then I didn't. And then, then I didn't start watching because I sort of I was in a bad place in with my head and everything for the next two or three years, and I didn't really start getting into back into racing until late 2016. Cool, okay. So I did take a sizable gap. I basically watched no sports from the spring of 2015 to the autumn of 2016 because I was concentrating on different things. Fair enough. I know, I, like, I, I kind of had like a similar sort of break. Like for me, that was kind of more like 2006 to 2009. I just sort of stopped. It stopped being a big thing in my life. But then you sort of, you know, something brings you back in and yeah, you kind of fall back in love with it. And then the one race that made me definitively fall back, fall back in love, actually fall in love with sports cars is the 2017 Bathurst Weller. Yeah, good choice. Good race. Oh, I mean, unless you're a Van Gisbergen fan or just a fan of <laughs> fan of not people not being idiots and of crashing much. and uh, still salty over that. Oh well, <laughs> it's been three years. Uh, probably. Let it go. I yeah, I will one day. I knew the mountain was a thing. I knew that they, they raced cars on it, but never watched it. And then and then I found out that this race was free to watch on YouTube. Thought, mm. why, why the hell not? Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that point as well because I feel like that's something that should be discussed. Chris, rock, paper, scissors between the two of you. Who gets to go next? I threw rock. Um, I have paper. <laughs> there you go. He's out of paper. So, Kiwi, uh, where, where, where did your first interest in sports cars happen? So, everyone... So, Flood, I think you and I... Both love our sport, right? Yes. And we both and we both will watch anything that's a marquee event. Yes. Um, and I think it's the same for a lot of people. So, you know, FIFA World Cup, Germany, Brazil, we'll both watch it, even though we don't have any interest in the, in the teams. That was a great. That was I actually uh, two thousand two final, right? F- uh, Germany, yes. Brazil. Yeah, I was at a yes. my my German friend's family threw a watch party, and they were. <laughs> Less than amused afterwards. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, Rugby World Cup, Australia, England, 2003. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Shut up. I have a story about that as well. you're saying, I have a story about that as well. So my dad's English, right? He, he, uh, yeah, he is. Um, My mum and my sister were on a school camp. It was either a school camp or a scouts camp that weekend so it was literally just me and my dad at home we had popcorn we had biscuits we were gonna sit and watch the rugby world cup final together and when johnny wilkinson hit that bloody drop goal (laughs) 
after the not not just the first one as well, but the second one in extra time. I he my dad was dancing up and down the hallway, and I was just sitting there as a seven year old with my head in my hands. And it was no not wonder a good time. why you hate us so much. It's I want to on you. I was I was singing "Sweet Low Sweet Chariot" with my father oh, in a pub in Melbourne. You bastards. You bastards. It was anyway. Australia's glorious moment. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, bringing this back to Le Mans, I, I knew that Le Mans was an event that was a massive event that I was going to... I'd never had a chance to watch it till 1HD came along. Yes. And you talked about this last week as well, didn't you? I did. So they came along. To the, 2010, I think, was their first race. Yep. Um, and that was the year the, per, the Perjozo went kaboomy. I actually remember watching parts of 20, 2009 Le Mans, but yeah, that was that was right. That was the year that uh, every all the Peugeots in the last hour or well, the last five or six hours of the race just blew up. Yeah. Um, and I watched that race, was absolutely awestruck, and basically have watched every Le Mans since then. Good choice. And you actually um, wrote a uh, wrote the 2010 up for a Le Mans Legends thing last year, last year, right? That I did. Yeah, it, nice. It is such an important race to me, and it's, it's got so many stories in it. Mm. And it's really what set me on this path to greatness. I was, I'm not going to say greatness because that sounds egotistical, but you know what? Greatness to greatness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant! What about you, Chris? Fine, round us off. Was it was it for you a well, slow burn or was it was it a a tipping point? I remember seeing a Rolex twenty four ad and I was like, "Wait, racing? It's been a while since I saw racing." So, you know, I I watched it was Speed and you know, the you know NASCAR drivers Daytona and me already being a NASCAR fan. This is this intrigued me a lot, and I remember like pretty much watching the entire day of it. I I think I remember tuning in the next morning as well. Because I was like, I love racing, um, and it, it was just like it was pretty much just racing for me at that point. It wasn't because you know, oh, sports cars. It was basically just a twenty-four race at Daytona with a bunch of NASCAR drivers. That that's what drew me yeah. into it. But so, do you remember what year that being was? Two thousand seven. Oh, okay, cool. I was gonna say if it was um, two thousand nine, that was also like my first proper sports car race. <laughs> And like, and then like, I think a couple of years later, I was watching Le Mans for the first time, and I remember it being like eleven o'clock p.m. my time, and my mom would be like, "Hey, Chris, it's late. You should go to bed." And I was like, "But, but it's daylight at Le Mans." <laughs> Classic. But that argument didn't work. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, because my my first introduction to sports cars as well was the twenty two thousand nine Le Mans twenty. Uh, not Le Mans Daytona twenty four hours. So I remember, I vividly remember the Brumos Riley winning that race. Um, so yeah, that was my sort of first step in. Um, but yeah, I similar to a few other people who have mentioned, I like Le Mans is a thing I'd heard about and I'd you know seen references to, but I'd never actually seen. And then as Kiwi mentioned, when uh, they started showing it on a TV channel in Australia, I was like, okay, I need to watch this. And yeah, it's interesting that you you mentioned the 2010 race because to me that kind of exists in such a gray area of sports cars because like I was watching sports cars, I knew I knew some of these drivers and some of these teams. But I had no idea of the the rest of the landscape, so it's just like yeah, yeah it's um 
like when you, when you did that review and you started showing those videos, it's like I vividly remember like Nigel Mansell's crash into Arnage. I remember that. Mm. I remember watching that, but I just I, I couldn't tell you anything about that team, that car, what that class was. I, I I just remember the crash and being like, huh, that's neat. Yeah, like I was looking through the entry list just before. No, as a as of twenty ten, I would not know any of those names as a twenty three year old. Yeah, exactly. Like Same. who the hell is Alec Minish? Who the hell is Mark Lee driving yeah. a GT two? Exactly, exactly right. Mm. Um, yeah, and then once once you start to see a bit more of those names, start to I, I made it a thing every year to watch just at least some part of Le Mans. Um, and then as I was going to make mention of the fact that streaming started to become a thing made it so much easier. Mm. And I think it's important to talk about the, the, the relevance that streaming has had on the growth of sports cars, because I know that for me now that the way that I watch sports cars, the way that I watch most sport, to be honest, but specifically sports cars is streaming. There is, there simply isn't the market in my part of the world to be able to watch it on free to wear TV anymore and so the fact that you have all these series streamed for free online has meant that you're i've been able to personally go out and watch a lot more things and i'm gonna hazard a guess that for the everyone else in this channel it's the same right and it's not yeah, just don't even have television yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's not just series that are streamed for free now with um online streaming like fud for you and i ko yeah exactly um, if it's not on youtube it's on KO. KO. yeah exactly um, so and that's twenty five bucks a month. That's an investment you and I will. Yeah, well, exactly. I make you. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've said I can pay for it. I can say I can pay for it as well. Um, we we offered Kiwi. This is true. This is oh, true. Oh, <laughs> I've got you too. <laughs> We're all in this together. Um, speaking about being all in this together, what about the subreddit? When did you guys encounter encounter the subreddit? Um, because like, there's a few. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. I know Kiwi. You were a part of the subreddit before me, but I don't think anyone else here was. Yes, I was there in 2014. Um, I I was going through history just then, and I actually won the Le Mans prediction contest of 2014. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Yes, way. The first thing you won in your entire life. The only thing you won. <laughs> True. Too mean. Too mean. That was a bit. Yeah. Because I, I, I've actually gone back. Because my, my first weekend on the sub, I like um, like Bujok mentioned earlier, I followed... I didn't follow Mark Webber across. I followed Porsche across. Because when Porsche announced that they were coming back, that was what drew me to WEC and being like, okay, there's this series. I need to watch this now. Um, but I actually... My first weekend on the sub was running the race thread after the the mod that said he was going to run the race thread didn't do it uh cookie monster wherever he is in in tonight's broadcast apparently he's playing video games instead of being on this podcast what a dick but yeah so that was like my first experience of the sub was the 2014 silverstone race where i ran the race thread and i saw i saw your name your username actually pop up in that kiwi which was pretty funny going back and looking at <laughs> I to get all those naive questions about what's the scar do? What's the scar do? And just me being just being like, uh, I'll find out. Maybe. <laughs> God, yeah. we've come a long way. It's seven years later, we still don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, what, what about what about anyone else? Who who did, who do they think was the next one to to jump on the subreddit? We got a starting point of of what April twenty fourteen. Who who reckons they were next? 
I, I actually think I was earlier. Really? Oh, wait, when did you because, jump in? Because I remember on, on the previous Reddit, Reddit account that I had that I that I have since deleted, I remember asking a question about TLDR work to me <laughs> in February of 2014, something like that. Oh, wow. Like, in the winter break, I remember doing that. So it def- definitely was 2014, and it was when the hybrids was sort of... Well, that might have been 2015. I'm not sure. Well, 2014 was the first year of the hybrid regulations, the way where the hybrid was required. So, might have been 2015, but I think it was immediate. Like immediately, I heard Web is coming over. Okay, I'm gonna watch this. Oh, there you go. I I think that's how it went. But then I just then again I didn't. And my next experience with R slash Web is posting a screenshot of Maro Engel's vandalized Wikipedia page. Oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been after Bathurst, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an off. Uh, okay, who, who who reckons they were after uh, after Soul or after us? I think it could be me. Um, so I I was into F one back then uh, when I was at university, and um, I was using the Formula One subreddit for pictures and news and clips and things like that and gifs and i think maybe it was a cross post for i think it must have been the 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 nissan oh, um, yeah. i think it, maybe it was the maybe it was the delta wing actually um that that was preceded it that that kind of crossed the the path um to r slash wick and um I, I didn't even have an account i was basically just surfing across um ste- like stealing gifs and and to to look at like highlights clips and things um because it was kind of the time when sky i think started taking the yep. the rights to formula one so half the races so what blocked, years what years do you reckon it would have been i think either during 2014 definitely definitely 100 percent 2015 i was there before le mans because it was during the development of the and GTR 11 Nismo. Yeah. Um, it might have been 2014 with the Delta Wing. And um, yeah, I distinctly remember um, lurking around and uh, having it in the background while I was doing some work. And I do remember one of my friends was asking me about the um, uh, the flares and saying like, oh, what's that car? What's that car? What's that car? What's that car? Kind of thing um well as i was as i was browsing and and that kind of puts a timestamp in my brain of when it around about when it would be but um yeah i think around 2015 is a safe guess cool because that would have been like back in the the days of i think it was cube jam doing gifs because that was before i started doing gifs because that was one of my first sort of things that i started to do big on the subreddit was make gifs and highlights um to do the the how the race will run reports oh i remember those guys damn that was a time <laughs> yeah I, and a lot of I, it was also the, the spa the, one and it was amazing. yeah go ahead ollie mm-hmm. a lot of it was um just like behind the scenes um was it david cox you know shouting about how good his car design yeah. is for the gtr 11 nismo which kind of shat the bed but um yeah i think i think the the hype building up to that was a really nice um crescendo that that drew me in um and kept me going back to that subreddit 
Nice. Oh, well, glad you found a spot there to share in your enjoyment with us. Um, now, what about Bujok and Chris? I, I'm I'm pretty sure I remember Chris's joining, but Bujok, when did you yep. when did you join WEC? I can't really remember, to be honest, because I think my account is like six six years old, and I have a tendency to read to uh, look look more like it. Yeah. To subreddits before I join him for a couple of months. Yeah, okay. Most of the time. So I don't exactly remember and I don't even know when I posted at first. So I can't remember. I think the first time I looked at, looked at it, I think it was like 2015. But I can't really remember when I joined. It could be way after that. But that was the first time I was to it. So Cool. Oh, there you go. Um, and then that brings us to Chris. Chris, what was your first "quote unquote" big event on <laughs> on RSWC? <laughs> do you remember? I do. I, I can't. I don't remember the year. I think it was like 2015 or 2016. I think you had a post basically saying "Racing's not over yet." Here's all the here's all the events you know happening you know, in you know happening towards you know the end of fall, middle of winter. And I put put a link down. I was like, here's a here's a stream I found for the 24, 25 hours of Thunderhill. Yep, <laughs> there it was. And then like, I remember you guys made a third head there. I think I remember me being my 15, 16 year old self. Me being hot shit. I messaged the mod chat. I was like, hey, if you need want help, if you want a mod, I'm I'm here. <laughs> yep. Uh yes, I remember that. You were so eager to do everything, and we're just like. It's a 25-hour race, which no one knows about, that no one knows anyone who's driving and no one's going to care about. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate how enthusiastic you are. Now we're just going to redirect you into something that everyone's going to like. <laughs> no, it was cool. I, I specifically remember that because I do remember you posting, like, messaging me specifically and also messaging us as the mods being like, hey, let me, let me help. And us being like, we got it, but thanks. <laughs> Who the f*** are you? <laughs> there we go. There's the first, the first, instance, the first instance of the <laughs> Nürburgring siren. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's it's really... It's amazing how much... Uh, well, I guess it's a sign of how the sub sort of grew and a lot of... Uh, how much of that traffic we kind of siphoned from F1 in the, the first two sort of seasons of, like, the, the hybrid era. Um but yeah, you know, I look back at that time because um, I was, you know, for me, I, I was he- pretty heavily involved in the sub as as a way to escape, you know, uni because oh my god, screw what I was doing at uni, it was the worst. But it was it was interesting, uh, sort of seeing people's usernames become more common and seeing you know recognizing people, um, and yeah, sort of how in my time of being a, a part of the community and then a moderator of the community, how everyone sort of started to interact. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess things were coming to the end. What What is your motorsport enjoyment like now? You know, we're all of us are here because we like sports cars. We like long races. What keeps you interested? Why, why, do, you, why do we watch sports cars now? And what else do you watch? Uh, well, who wants to go first with this one? I'm gonna nominate. I'm gonna nominate. I'm gonna nominate Chris Washer. So what? What keeps you um, watching sports cars? I think, well, the the racing. Some of the racing, you know, that happens is very good. Like um, SRO stuff. Um, with the 
with the Endurance Championship. But it's mainly just the community here because it's more fun when you have something to or have a community to like, hey, there's this race, want to talk about it? And people talk about the race with you, it keeps you more engaged. And the fact, you know, that we have voice chat now for these big Enduros. So it's it's like, it's like you know, a, big, a, little, a little house party, you know. Think of a little house party and everyone in voice chat and the TV and the TV is showing, you know, 24 hours of spa or something. And everyone's just, you know, having a beer, you know, sitting around chatting about the race. And I think that's just awesome about it. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that keeps me from, or keeps me from, um, or for, that gets me watching sports car racing live and stuff. Because normally I work all the time, so I have to watch everything on replay. But when I get the chance, and if, if I can watch it live, the voice chat aspect, I think, really helps. Yeah, I think it really elevates the aspect of the event. Yeah, I, I, I find that as well. You know, I haven't, uh, it's not really, like, I'm not super into, like, for example, the WC at the moment because of the, the, the racing is just not nearly as good as it used to be. But the fact that there's, there's this community does in, certainly keep me coming back. Uh, who, who's next? I'm going to nominate uh, Bujok next. I think that's the same for me, like, WC is at at the moment it's not the best, but just the the fact that everyone we watch still watch it together and, and we discuss things makes it really fun and interesting, and especially I think the the thing which interested me in sports car racing is the strategy. Mm. Like you can sometimes a team has a plan or does something, and the first thing that comes to your mind is that seems really stupid, <laughs> and when you're following it along, and in the end, sometimes it's like the word, just a genius, genius plan. And that's one of the things was always fun. You don't know what to expect. And the fact is that people always try to make the end of the race, like the team aspect, is, is something I really, really enjoy. Like I think 2015, I, I remember, uh, it was I think it was Dumas who in the... Was Dumas and Audi? Um, Dumas would have been with the Duval, Duval, yeah. Duval, was it? Who quest? I think it was a certain yellow, fear to the right, I think got tagged and went into barriers. And at first you were like, well, it will be really linked, like repair, or maybe even if he can back it. But he got back to the, to the pits, and not even five minutes later, he was back out again. It's something you don't, you don't see in Formula 1, at least not anymore. I remember in 05 when you had qualifying, that one lap qualifying, and it was the mm. order was based on where you finished the race. So sometimes teams repair the car to do a couple of more laps. So they could do their one later for qualifying because then hopefully the track was better. It didn't always work out when it started raining, but, but uh, yeah. I think it's a combination of the uh, strategy. And the racing, because traffic causes a lot of interesting situations. Yeah. Racing, skill. And watch how drivers react and how they plan to use a certain car to their advantage. It's really fun to watch. And that then combining with the community we have here. Everybody voices their opinion, but most, most of the time nobody attacks each other. Which is really fun. Like the Formula 1 subreddit is... Uh, if you have an opinion, you're wrong. That's basically it. Basically it. Yeah. If you have opposite opinion, you're also wrong. If and you have if the you same opinion, you're 
and, and if you don't have any wrong. opinion, you're also wrong. Yeah. And I think that's we don't that's, have that thing, which yeah, is really I, fun. I think that's 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 a really important part of the community we have on the subreddit, and it's because I find I find personally that the the, the fact that is with these long races, it doesn't really so matter what happens at the end but it's about being a part of the story so when you know when this because the story is not just an hour and a half it's it's 24 hours you know it's a long event so being a part of the story means that a lot of those barriers between teams and between factions kind of goes away a little bit and you get to be all super inclusive and super happy which is nice um obviously you know in more mature words than that uh who wants to go next i'm gonna go i'm gonna volunteer ollie what keeps me in with the cars now? Yeah, what um, keeps you watching I think uh, sports cars? For me, it's the who who qual- can qualify to get those extra spots um, t- for Le Mans. Um, when I first started watching, I was only watching WEC and uh, then watching Le Mans. It's like, who are these extras and where yeah. did they come from? Um, and I didn't understand the, the pyramid um, of... ACO racing and now I'm really enjoying well up until the mess that we're in right now watching ELMS and starting to get a bit into Asia's Le Mans series but how good is the European ELMS, Le Mans series is yeah uh, that's sort of everyone really how good is the ELMS into... <laughs> it's good yeah uh, it's it's it was good to add context and and see who these people are these teams um building kind of a, a a broad base um for understanding the aco stuff but also what's interesting to me is the um is all the cars if there's any new every every year new developments or anything like that unfortunately we're moving away from that with mm. um more the new developments yeah kind of things whereas lmp1 used to be more open what uh, brings me to the sport it's the cars and will probably always be the cars. And that's, yeah, that is today's every year. Cool. Obviously, you've maintained that sort of similar interest into your professional life as well, because you're an engineer, right, as well. So kind of looking at the nuts and bolts behind the machinery, is that why yeah, you've chosen yeah, that and I think the also what's interesting with sports cars is like watching the mechanics do their work mm. and tearing up a car and seeing how they how quick they can put it back together again and things like that um that's pretty cool uh, in sports cars and stuff that that happens in endurance racing you know in formula one you have a car with a mechanical problem and they just park it Mm. whereas in a proper endurance race they're fighting for every you know second still in static in the pit lane um or in the in the garage i yeah i really like it when they when you get to see under the skin um after a, a crash yeah and and some of the some Although, of the some of the best stories to come from Le Mans have been those repair jobs uh as well like i think one that i remember early on is uh, in my sports car watching history is the the corvettes the the gt2 corvettes um when they i think one of them broke down and was out the other one had a crash and then spent eight hours getting repaired in the pits 
Um, and they had it, they had the whole thing live streamed as well. They had a garage cam, so I was streaming the whole thing. And then within an hour of it being back out on track, Alex, a young Alex Davison punted it in the Porsche curves. <laughs> and so they had all that work undone in, in an instant, which was really unfortunate. But yeah, the, the spirit of the team, something that really struck with me. And yeah, watching the mechanics get to work is something very unique to, to sports car racing um, to, to get the car back out and to, to be classified. Uh, I think so. So you're the last one. Yeah, uh, so I have two answers to this. Uh, okay. The first one is, uh, remember how when I was a kid, I always enjoyed sort of, sort of the, num- the numbers and yep. sort of tracking things around and, and that sort of thing. Well, in multi-class racing, there's always something to keep track of. You know, you basically need two to three screens ju- to watch a race properly. You've got one screen with a screen, one screen with the chats, one screen, uh, sort of one screen split between the scratch pad and the chat, and one with the timing. You need three screens. Yeah. So... That's you know a high a high paced brain stimulus, and my life is all high paced brain stimuli. And there's another thing which is something I didn't really realize until I started started watching football, which is it's not you know for football is you know twenty two men kicking a ball around. It's it doesn't sound very appealing, but what I realized is that it's not only about the sport or the game itself it's about the millions of people watching that same event with you so i joined the i i consider myself a proper part of the community since january 2018 the daytime of 24 hours when i was in the irc (laughs) yes the irc chat the last race in the irc i think it was yeah it would have been sebring was the first race here uh bathurst would have been the first race in the discord actually there you go yeah there you go and then I joined the Discord for Le Mans that year. And then three months later, I was an endurance chat. And I it happens think quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> does does happen quickly. And I think the community, as a community, especially one like r slash WEC, where it's a, it's a niche squared hobby. We drive each other to keep going. And yeah it's not about the, the cars going around for 24 hours not only about the cars though the cars are amazing and the drivers are amazing and the stories are amazing but it's also about the stories we build in the community oh that's real so, cute yeah that's I, and that's that's definitely true and some of the best memories that i've had watching races aren't about the racing but definitely about the people i've been watching with like like Pooh Man, if if anyone in the if anyone still remembers Pooh Man, one of those classic <laughs> IRC Man. memes. God. Yeah, one of those classic IRC memes. Um, I I still think my favorite my favorite uh Pooh Man related moment. This is going back a few years. Was when what we had is? a we had a we had a Pooh Man imitator. So we had Pooh Man and we had actually Pooh Man. And I think it was you, Chris, who was like, "We're gonna figure out who's who." And you, what what was the question? Do you ask? Do you remember, Chris Washer? Um. Oh, what are something 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 about japanese cars right? yeah exactly exactly and because 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 the original poo man used to always call them jap crap and we found the imposter everyone. oh that's right we found the imposter <laughs> i think it's the top host of all time on r slash it's pretty close up there that was good and and the the whole the whole legend of poo man for those who don't know it all started i think the 2014 le mans is when it first started and that was when cookie was giving away flares in like a random random number generator sort of deal so like you would you know in the middle of the middle of the night you were like he'd pick like seven or eight people and they'd go into a random number generator and it would shoot out one and 
there was one which was the Toyota Mark II Eagle, I think it was, and uh, and so Pooh Man was just complaining about it being Jap crap, and then legitimately Cookie pressed the button and it shot out Pooh Man's name to get this the Toyota Eagle, and he was very unhappy about it. <laughs> but that that was the, that's the legend of Pooh Man, everyone. Now you know, and. <laughs> And I guess I guess I should let Kiwi have his bit as well. I did say Soul would be last, but Kiwi, I guess I guess you have the floor. Yeah. We started the show with Kiwi. We're going to end the show with Kiwi. Yeah, well, for me, there's just nothing better to watch. Um, you know, everyone can watch their my kitchen renovation, how cooking, get yelled at by Gordon Ramsay, vote someone off rules. By the way, do it while singing a song. <laughs> to me, the real drama comes from live sport when you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. When that live sport goes over a long time period, 6, 12, 24 hours, where you're testing man, machine to their absolute limits, all for what's glory and success. Fame, immortality. Fame, immortality, right? Yeah. The absolute pinnacle obvious. There's nothing better. And... The first race I watched, you know, the, or the first and one I watched, we talked about the drama there, and this story pretty much in every endurance race. Sometimes you have to look harder for them than others, but there are stories there, and if you dig deep enough, you find that story. And yeah. for me, there's nothing better than that. That's that's awesome, man. Because that's that's probably the strongest thing for me about watching endurance racing. And I I actually really like the answers that I got from all of you because every single one hits something different that is what I why I watch and but you know there's there's the community there's the the machinery there's the stories we make ourselves there's the the drama but to me it's it's all about the how how everything plays a part how you've got the team the driver the mechanics the pit stops the strategy the engineers everything plays a part and because you have this long period of time it means that everything has its chance to play its part and that's why i keep watching endurance racing that's why i love it so much and and yeah it's a beautiful thing and so i want to yeah thank you everyone for being a part of this podcast tonight it's been it's been cool to hear about how your interest in motorsport has become a part of you know, this podcast and this community at r slash WEC. And I hope that all of our listeners got to appreciate that as well. Yeah, that was, that was, that was nice and cute guys. I appreciated that. Ah, and also, it was so like, cute. If... I feel like I have to swear just to bring it back to being non-cute. Well, you Kiwi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chris, one you... thing I'd like to add is, is that, you know, we do have a discord um, mm. and generally Almost every day, we have people in our voice chat. Basically, we're watching old races. So, if you want to ever come down and break the quarantine spell of absolutely nothing going on, um, chances are we'll be in VC, either watching some old races or playing some party games. Well, so you come guys, on down and join you guys us. have been watching some weird stuff lately. I think it's been it's been we have. <laughs> yeah, it's been yourself and then uh, one of our Discord moderators, Jeb, and then one or two other people. You've been watching things that like. Milwaukee mud running in trucks and like speed track and <laughs> and demo Fun. derbies, just weird stuff. Flood. Yeah, this is how the outside world sees us. Yeah, I know, right? Just, just uh, wait. Uh, you should join us for our like weekly rewatches on Saturday. Like we just watched, we we just watched a normal race last night, which was the one thousand six kilometers of Palanga, which is entirely Chris's fault. <laughs> I am 
Do, do you know what? Myself and CPX, we, we have a plan to organize an r slash WEC meetup at Palanga. Yes. It's absolutely happening. That would be awesome. Palanga, Palanga, for those who don't know, who those who haven't been initiated yet, basically take a, a highway interchange and turn that into a 2.8 kilometer racetrack and race on that for eight hours, and that's Palanga. So... We'll I think see. it's around nine. Yeah, it's it's God. it's stupid. It's stupid and it's fun and it's great and it was Can great you, fun last night. If, if if a whole bunch of WEC guys turned up, the organizers wouldn't know what the hell's going. Well, ARC Bratislava. <laughs> well, I mean, not that they're WEC. Well, not that they're R slash WEC guys, but they are a WEC team. They have at least raced at Le Mans before. They were they were a part of the race this year. Your own Blake and my own Monets. Yeah, that's that's true. That's that is in fact true, which is you know bit of a cheat having Blake Mall on your team, right? I think it was yeah. Sebastian Blake Mall. Wasn't that? Okay, I thought they were both racing. racing together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so yes. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to back to this podcast. Uh, we, it's it's kind of good to see that we're not just watching sports cars, but some of us are watching F1, some of us are watching V8s. I know Kiwi and I still keep very much on top of V8s, and it's kind of good to see that this is kind of like the catch-all for everyone for what everyone gets together to watch together so i appreciate you guys being a part of this community and i appreciate all of our listeners being a part of this community as well and on that note uh thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week with another topic i'm yet to decide until then i've been michael zelivari peace out peace out